share a little bit before uh, Brenda reads the next scripture passage. Um, today's passage describes a crucial uh, moment in the lives of two women. Elizabeth is the wife of Zechariah, one of the priests of Jerusalem, and she also comes from a priestly family, and like her husband, she is a good woman, a devout woman. The one great sorrow in her life is the fact that she had never been able to bear children until now. For despite the fact that she is older, Elizabeth is astonished to find herself with child. The most surprising aspect of her pregnancy, though, is not her age, but rather that it came about after an angel announced to her husband that she would bear a son. What's more, he told her that her child would prepare their people for the coming of the long-awaited Messiah. Can you imagine? And yet it is the pregnancy that moves Elizabeth to say, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. The other woman in this story is also pregnant. Unlike her relative Elizabeth, however, Mary is quite young, as I said before, probably around 13 or 14 years of age. Also, unlike Elizabeth, she is not married and has never experienced intimacy with a man. Yet she too has been visited by an angel who astounds her with the news that she had found favor with God and that God had chosen her, this woman, to be the mother of the Messiah. When Mary expresses her confusion, the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her and that her child will be called the Son of God. Then, almost like a neighborhood gossip, the angel shares with Mary the news that her relative Elizabeth is also experiencing an unlikely pregnancy and in fact is six months along. For nothing will be impossible with God. Perhaps it is that very human aside that gives Mary the confidence to say to the angel, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. As I told the children, I have no, no doubt that Mary was filled with conflicting emotions, wonder and awe and joy, yes, but also doubts and fear. What could she say to Joseph, her fiance, and her family? What would the neighbors say? Was this really happening to her? She needed support, and so she did what women have always done. She confided in another woman. Brenda, if you would read that. The second gospel reading can be found in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 44, and verse 56, and can also be found on page 57 of the New Testament. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. 
And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You might have noticed that interlude. That's the song of Mary that was read during the lighting of the Advent wreath. And I love that song. It's one of the most beautiful songs in all of scripture. And as it happens, um, Don and I get to sing that same psalm in a concert this afternoon, which makes it kind of fun today to talk about it. But before I get to that song, I want to spend some time with the one who first heard it, Mary's kinswoman, Elizabeth. Luke tells us that after the angel left her, Mary decides to visit Elizabeth. She goes with haste, perhaps because she is frightened and confused and needs counsel and reassurance. Perhaps she wants to just share her joy and her wonder. Perhaps she's going to support her older relative and maybe she just wants to share the experience of pregnancy, the little details that only another pregnant woman can understand and savor. Mary's greeting to Elizabeth upon her arrival prompts a surprising response, not from Elizabeth herself, but from the child she carries who leaps in her womb. Her child's abrupt movement alerts Elizabeth to Mary's presence and opens her to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, Elizabeth knows why Mary has come, and she welcomes her with a joyful song, a song of blessing. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Can you imagine how Mary felt when she heard Elizabeth's greeting? She hadn't said anything to her yet. She, as far as she knew, Elizabeth knew nothing, and yet, here is this blessing pouring out of Elizabeth's mouth. It surely was music indeed to Mary's ears, for Elizabeth's words confirmed the angel's announcement. Though Mary is young and poor and unmarried, she is blessed, favored by God, chosen to carry the long foretold savior, the hope of her people. Elizabeth's words should also be music to our ears because the child that Mary carries is God's sign, not just to her people, but also to us, that we are not alone. It is God's affirmation that we are loved. It is God's promise of new life. The older woman, we learn, is filled with wonder that she has been blessed with the opportunity to see God's promises fulfilled. Yet I can't help but think that her joy must have been tempered by concern for her young kinswoman. She knows what Mary is about to go through, not just the trials and tribulation of a normal pregnancy, but other things, things that she has experienced herself. The inability to bear a child was considered a disgrace by her society. A woman who was barren not only failed her husband, but she also failed her entire community. Elizabeth knows it all. She knows the pitying glances, the sidelong looks, the hurtful gossip. She knows the cruel judgment that Mary will face. And so she sings a blessing to counteract the shame. And blessed is she who believed and that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. 
Listen to me, Mary, she says. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what happens, you are blessed, for you have put your trust in God. Truly, Elizabeth's blessing is a gift to Mary. Who has blessed you? Who sings you a song of affirmation? Who believes in you and encourages you? I invite you to think about that for a moment and then to briefly share your thoughts with a neighbor. That means you get to talk to each other. So go ahead, go ahead. Think about that and share something with a neighbor. Who blesses you? If you don't have a neighbor nearby, you can move or they can move. So I'm curious, who, who blesses you? Someone call out, who blesses you? Just call out. Friends. Family, okay. I missed that. Our children and grandchildren. Community. Yeah, yeah. Lots of things. I missed that one. It's okay. Grandchildren, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of people, and that's a blessing. Wonder that we have those people to bless us. It is a joy that we have those people who encourage us and who support us. And that was the joy for Mary to have Elizabeth that she could go to. Well, she could, could she go to? It was just this person who would understand, out of all people would understand that, what was going on. So blessing births blessing. And in response to Elizabeth's affirmation of her, Mary sings her own song. Her wild, beautiful song begins on a personal note as she gives praise to God. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. God has noticed her, this young woman born into a working-class neighborhood in a backwater town, and not just noticed her, but favored her in her lowliness. And by that favor, God has transformed her whole life. Surely from now on, all generations shall call me blessed. And so it has been. It is a blessing that spills over onto her people and beyond them to the whole world, for it articulates both God's vision of a world made right and Mary's faith in God's promises. Barbara Brown Taylor writes that after a while, Mary is no longer singing the song. The song is singing her, transforming her into an articulate radical, an astonished prophet who is singing about a world in which the last have become first and the first last. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. These words may and perhaps should make us uncomfortable and yet they too may be seen as a blessing, for as Sharon Ringe points out, they describe a world in which the poor and powerful, hungry and rich move toward a common middle ground, and in which an economy marked by scarcity and competition is replaced by an economy of generosity in which all have 
enough, even little ones. <laughs> Is such a transformation even possible? Mary seems to think so, for she sings it as if it has already been accomplished. Do you notice the sound, the way she said it? She says, God has done this already. God has scattered the proud. God has brought down the powerful. God has filled the hungry. Jan Richardson comments, Mary knew as we knew that the redemption and restoration of the world was still a work in progress. But so transformed was Mary that she could sing of this as though it had already happened. She is remembering forward. We have a fancy theological term for what Mary does here. It's called hope. Hope. And the bearing of hope is in itself a blessing. Just a few minutes ago, I asked you to think about someone who blesses you, and I encourage you to continue to think about those who bless you and maybe to say a word of gratitude, to express your appreciation for that blessing. But I also invite you to consider how you might be a blessing to others, a bearer of hope, a singer of a song of God's mercy and grace. How might you, like Elizabeth, offer words of affirmation and provide a safe space for someone in need of refuge? In what ways are you acting and can you act as an instrument of God's transforming grace? How are you being called to bless others? Such suggestions may seem overwhelming, maybe even ridiculous to, do, to you, and I must admit that I find them intimidating too, to think about being a blessing to others, affirming others, carrying God's song into the world. And yet, I can't shake the picture, the image of two pregnant women embracing, laughing, singing as they bless one another and give thanks for the blessing of God that will indeed transform the world. Even now is transforming the world. May their songs encourage us to sing our own songs of blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.